Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. Welcome back to another episode of Cameron Reads Comics. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about Fantastic Four by Dan Slott. Now, for those of you that know, I just love Dan Slott as a writer. Uh, if you've been following the YouTube, if you've been following the podcast, you should know that he is one of my favorite writers at Marvel, and I'm really picking up whatever he's putting down this run in itself collects issues one through 47 plus like a bunch of tie-ins there's a wedding special tie-in there's uh what's it called reckoning war tie-ins so that's what it covers you all know what a fast and fantastic four fan i am and so uh if you've been here for a long time then you'll also know so i thought dan slot was like a great choice for this title i think that uh, he could really narrow down and hone in on what makes them so special and that's why i picked it up this was my first Fantastic Four ongoing title and so this run just ended and so now I'm picking up uh, the Ryan North run which has been really fun. So for approachability in this book uh, I would highly recommend reading Marvel 2-in-1 by Chip Zdarsky which is just uh, a Fantastic Four or Human Torch the Ben Grimm the Thing like soul adventures because at the time in Marvel continuity the Fantastic Four book had been canceled for a while and so you know, he had free reign. The original Marvel two-in-one title was Ben Grimm, the thing just partnering around with everyone in the Marvel universe. So they just took that name and made it uh, Ben and Johnny's book, uh, which was a really, really, really solid series. So I read that. And then I read this because that series ended when the fantastic four came back out, which was in this series. Um, so yeah, if, if you want to read it, it's collected now in a hardcover as fantastic Four: fate of the four. So if you want to read that, it's there. Now, this is, like I said, a 47-issue, probably over a 50-issue run of the Fantastic Four. So there's, like, a lot of stuff there. So for story, I'm just going to break it down into, like, major arcs. Um, the first is the return of the Fantastic Four. So the entire idea of that Chip Zdarsky story is that we don't know where ben, or, uh, Sue Storm and Reed Richards are with their children. It's just Johnny and Ben. And so the first issue of this series is Johnny and Ben trying to figure out what are we going to do without these guys? Um, so, or the first issue is the return of them. I'm, I'm, I'm confusing my series right now. The return of the Fantastic Four. So Sue, Reed, the kids all come back to New York after creating a ton of universes and exploring outer space. And I think that's so, that, that's great because that's who the Fantastic Four are. They are uh, a very similar version of Marvel's Challengers of the Unknown, you know, or DC's Challengers of the Unknown. Uh, they're, they're, they're a team of cosmonaut uh, astronauts, you know, going out and exploring new things. That's kind of like the foundation and the crux of who they are and even how they became who they are, you know. They, they, they went on a journey, you know, to explore outer space and they were hit by these uh, gamma rays, cosmic radiation, and that's obviously how they became who they are. Uh, so it, it's going back to their origin in a way. Next arc in this in the story, once they were returned, which was awesome, was um, one of my favorite arcs, which is like, how come this didn't happen sooner? Which is the wedding of Ben Grimm to Alicia Masters, his longtime love interest, the blind sculpture maker. Um, he finally marries her. The wedding issue is one of my favorite single comic book events of all time. Reed gives a great gift uh, to Ben, which is it kind of subverted a trope that we see often in um, comic book weddings, you know, where it's, oh, here's the wedding issue, and then the wedding gets interrupted, and then they never do it. Something else comes up. So 
to see this wedding issue be an actual wedding reads gift to Ben. I'll spoil it is he stops time and like in, in this weird bubble. And so like they, at the middle of their ceremony before they say the I do's, they have one minute or like one moment where Reed stops time. He says, no, we're not going to go save the world right now from Dr. Doom. We're going to send you off and like have, let you have your moment, which was like so beautiful and perfect. And I'm like, thank you, Reed. Uh, Next arc was Point of Origin, which is, um, and I might be skipping over a couple arcs because, the, again, it's, it's a big, dense run. Uh, the honeymoon issues of Ben's Wedding 2 were really good with the Immortal Hulk. Next one is Point of Origin. This arc I didn't, like, absolutely love. This was when Reed tries to take the team out to where they went on their first adventure. So they literally try and go back to the place where um, they were trying to go in their first adventure, but then they got hit by Cosmic Rays, became the Fantastic Four. So they end up on this planet called Spire, and you find out that their cosmic radiation, like them being affected, are... uh, was part of a plan the entire time. I wasn't a huge fan of this decision. Uh, they, they, they become, they don't become, but they are titled as legacy on the planet of Spire, the foretold, which was, uh, it was kind of weird. I wasn't in love with this arc, but it wasn't bad. It was kind of unique. What I did love about that arc though, was they introduced a new character named Sky as Johnny Storm's love interest. And it's very reminiscent of Crystal from the Inhumans. And I really do believe that that's what Dan Slott was going for, where the Fantastic Four go to a new world and Johnny finds a new partner who is his destiny. I think if, I think Dan Slott, this is his way of being like, if I could have had one other character or for Johnny Storm, like it would have been Crystal. But the Inhumans are off doing their own things right now. So for Crystal to be his love interest in this arc and then follow the rest was, it was actually really great. So I really liked that. The next event was empire. Empire is about, I want to say the Krees and the scrolls at war. I think that's right. I could totally be butchering it. This is a massive Marvel event with the, with the X-Men and the fantastic four and the Avengers. I didn't read it. Couldn't tell you what happened. This arc, like I just read the tie-ins, which is just kind of weird, but whatever. I was like, Tried to pick up the first issue and I just wasn't in love with that event. The arc welcomes the kids of Ben and Alicia Grimm, who are Joe, Ven, and Nicola. So obviously Ben can't have his own children and, you know, with, with Alicia. So pretty much, you know, they get two kids, two really key players, those two kids, to protect them from this war. And then they take them in as their own. Joe, Ven, and Nicola, very sweet little family dynamic. They're two you know, they're, they're, they're aliens trying to adapt to our world. Uh, and so it was just very sweet. And like Ben Grimm's the best dad. The next art arc is the forever gate. It's kind of a big old deal, but I wasn't in love with it. It's just this gate that leads somewhere. I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you where it leads, but I read this a couple years ago. Now, next is actually one of my favorite arcs. Um, the wedding of doom. Now this is probably my favorite arc. This in the wedding, or my favorite arc of the entire series. A character introduced in the first issue of this series is uh, Victorious, who is the head, which is, it's almost like a Mercy Graves type of character. Like Mercy Graves to Lex Luthor, Victorious is to Doctor Doom. She's supposed to marry Doctor Doom, and Johnny Storm manages to mess it all up. Uh, 
it's really, really amazing because it leans into like some of these best parts of these characters. Uh, and the ramifications are amazing. It's all amazing. Victor ends up marrying her and he invites the Fantastic Four to be like his groomsmen. It, like, like Reed is supposed to be his best man and it's like, what? I thought you hated me. But afterwards, you know, because the whole thing blows up in their face and Doom hates them now more than ever for ruining his wedding day, um, he imbues them like with more cosmic radiation, like expanding their powers and pretty much like blowing them all up. Meaning like the most influential one of all of this is Johnny storm or actually he just doesn't do Johnny, I guess the most influential one is Johnny storm because he can't turn off his flame. So, you know, obviously he says flame on and becomes the human torch every time. Now imagine he can't turn it off. It's, it leads to an arc called Flame On Forever, which is so freaking cool. The ramifications of that always scream to me, how come nobody's ever done this before? How come he can't turn off? And then Ben can relate to Johnny in that way because, you know, they're visible mutations. It's all freaking great. Next up is Reckoning War, which is a big tie-in. It's a bit, supposed to be a huge dance lot event. Wasn't obsessed with that one as much. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a... This entire run is that, like, what I learned is that while big arcs are good, it's the tiny family moments that, like, I love the most. And that's what resonated with me the most. Dan Slott's voice satisfies this the best. That's what Dan Slott did the best in the story, is really focus on the family of the Fantastic Four. And that's what makes these characters relatable. People, like, don't love the Fantastic Four like I do. And I'm like, man, have you ever seen the movie The Incredibles? Because, like, that familial dynamic and is basically what the Fantastic Four are. And it's just awesome. It's like, if you like that, then you could love this if they're written well enough. Some side characters in the run, Franklin and Valeria Richards, the kids of Reed and Sue, they rule. I love them. Um, there's a great, I think it's an issue, a single issue of, of them getting their driver's test in this. So good. So freaking good. There's Dr. Doom. Um, obviously, you know who that is. Victorious, his head bodyguard. She's awesome. She's actually like one of my... Her and Sky are two of my favorite characters. Sky, I obviously wrote down. Joe Venn, Nicola, the Grimm's children. And then my favorite Fantastic Four uh, peripheral member. There's two of them, usually. I'd say the two most important peripheral additions. Like when someone subs out, these two come in, which are Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker, and Jen Walters, the She-Hulk, who Dan Slott wrote for however many issues, 36 issues a million years ago. She's a key player in Reckoning War. She's a great character to write. Um, Reckoning War was teased for the first time, I think like way back when Dan Slott was writing her. So there you go. That should give you some context. Now, unfortunately, this run never had a full series regular artist. Uh, for more than a few issues at a time. So I tacked on my favorites. The first the first way this, this series was actually advertised in the first arc was Sarah Pacelli, who is just insane. She She's most notably the co-creator, one of the co-creators of Miles Morales, who is just like, her Miles Morales stuff is like the single, some of the single beautiful, most beautiful issues I've ever seen. So she had three issues of this series and it was wonderful. It's one of my favorite artists working right now. And I really, really, it bummed me out when she left the title. But the next artist that came in was Aaron Cooter, who I adore. When I think of uh, a perfect artist for this team, I think Aaron Cooter is actually like the perfect Fantastic Four artist. Um, I was so happy to see his work. Uh, 
totally my favorite artist on the run. He he did the the wedding issue, which was just so freaking good. Actually, I met him when this run was coming out, and I had him sign my copy of uh, the wedding issue. And I also ha- had him do a five minute sketch for me of the thing because I just love the thing so much. I think he's the best character in the Marvel universe. So I met him. I I have a piece of art from him, which is like one of my favorite things. R.B. Silva did this coming out of Powers of X or House of X, Powers of 10. Um, I was really glad to see him working on FF, but unfortunately he got called to another title, but his FF work was so good. He draws like one of my favorite Reed Richards. He was really great for his time on the book. And then lastly, the final artist on the series for the most part was a, was a woman named Rachel Stott. She actually did so freaking great. I really loved what she brought to the table. Um, huge fan of, of Rachel Stott's art. I'm really excited to see her keep moving forward. Overall, my rating of this run is an 8.7 out of 10. This was the first pull list of Fantastic Four that I've ever read. And with this team, it's so easy to go super meta, but I don't think that Dan Slott did that. And I think when he hit it out of the park, he really hit it out of the park. If you're a fan, Fantastic Four fan, I highly recommend reading this run. Um, if you're not a Dan Slott fan, then I get it. I think I hear that a lot. I don't personally understand, like, I'm I'm a huge Dan Slott guy, so look no further than me, but for the most part, I really like his art. I was bummed when I found out that he was leaving the title, because I wanted him to do a 10-year run on these guys, like, uh, like he did with Peter Parker in Spider-Man, but uh, Ryan North's arc has been so good, and I actually was, like, so freaking excited, because... I love Squirrel Girl so much. And so him, uh, Ryan North leaving, or going on the title, and I'm like, oh man, I want to see really what you have in store for these characters. So um, tell me if you read this run. Tell me if you want to read this run. Make sure to comment, uh, like, subscribe, clobber those like and subscribe buttons. I'm Cameron. I don't just read comics. I love them. See you next time.